Produced by PI Media. Hi, welcome back to the Wix Engineering Podcast. I'm Ren Levy. I'm Omri. I'm leading the mobile platform at Wix. When I joined Wix around, around three and a half, four years ago, um, Wix, wa- Wix was in the, the stage where the company bring everyone to build a website, kind of a stunning website, where you can manage your business beside creating a, a cool website on the web. What is mean is that if you have a restaurant, for example, so you can build a, a cool website in a few minutes to get a reservation, uh, to book a table, and for your customers to make a kind of uh, pickups, uh, takeaway. And then we decided that we want to have the same functionality uh, for the owners on the go. Almost as soon as he'd arrived, Omri was tasked with building Wix's new mobile application. But then we decided that we have another part for the application. So we want to allow both the owner of the business to download the app and create a website and manage it. But moreover, we want the customer themselves to download Wix app. We want customers and owners to interact with each other from the app and not doing the conversation via WhatsApp and transfer money from another application and book session from another application, but all of this functionality from the same application. So this is the reason we created Wix app. In order to build the mobile app, Wix would have to build out their development teams. That you want to create uh, two applications, one for iOS, the second one for Android, and he want to create a website. So basically he need web developer, he probably want a server developer, and to create an iOS and Android applications, you need iOS developer, probably familiar with Objective-C or Swift, and the same for Android, probably Java or Kotlin developer, and then they create the first application, and then you want to recruit more people because you want to uh, to, uh, to grow your application and create more flows. Maybe you can sense an issue here. So, as you know, uh, in the mobile world, we have the Android operation system and the iOS. This is Liv, an Android developer of 10 years. The problem in this approach that you basically need to uh, implement the same functionality just in two different, the same business logic, meaning functionality in two, uh, in two different languages. And you can't share uh, code between the apps and you can't share people. One alternative to writing multiple implementations of the same app is to use a cross-platform solution, one that allows your app to function on both iOS and Android equally. The cross-platform idea for mobile, it's not new. Xamarin, Ionic, PhoneGap, uh, all these friends. The appeal of cross-platform is in its efficiency. But most of them are based on WebView, meaning they are trying to simulate native views and not actually using the Android and iOS SDK. And when you are doing this, you are not getting the performance that the user are used to with native apps. Uh, they right away feel that something wrong with the app. 
foreign novice developer or a small team working on low-stakes project, cross-platform development may be cost-effective. But at a real organization like Wix, what's lost in performance is simply unacceptable. The user feels it. The sacrifice in quality isn't subtle. So for years, building for iOS and Android was simply a necessary evil in the industry. Inefficient, perhaps, but a part of life. That is, until 2015, when a developer named Jordan Walk came up with a way to solve this problem, to bridge the iOS-Android gap. It was developed and released under the name React Native. The React Native is a framework by Facebook, which they decided to build framework for cross-platform development in mobile. And basically the idea is that a React Native developer will implement his business logic in JavaScript. The beauty of React Native was in how it combined the efficiency of cross-platform development with the performance of native development. Under the hood, the JavaScript uh, API will invoke methods from uh, uh, React Native code, which is implemented in Java or uh, Objective-C, that will call eventually the same Android or iOS SDK. And there is another uh, uh, layer of uh, that glues the JavaScript and the native code, which is written in C++. In other words, you input standard JavaScript into the system, and it spits out native iOS and Android code. It means you write your business logic once in JavaScript, and you create the application uh, also once, because the UI, most of the cases for iOS and Android, is the same. Um, then you can use the business logic that you wrote in JavaScript and make a shared library and do the same for the web. I mean, it, you, you, don't, you don't need to create the same logic twice for the web and for the mobile because most of the cases is the same. The sheer cost savings of having one React Native team instead of two separate iOS and Android teams is, on its own, a strong incentive for any business. But that incentive is only worth anything if you can make React Native work for your organization. And that is no easy feat, because much like any other piece of software, React Native has its fair share of drawbacks. And on top of those drawbacks, there's also the matter of how to adopt a new framework in the context of a large organization with an existing cadre of developers with varying skills and mindsets. In this episode, then, we'll follow Wix's story of adopting React Native and discover the lessons learned from this experience. Where was React Native at the time when you guys started working with it? So in terms of how old was it, how mature was it as a platform? I remember it was when I arrived, I think, 16, 0, 16. In 2016, when Wix began developing their mobile app, React Native was just one year old. Now, to those of you out there who are developers, have you ever heard of a software product that was finished and polished after just one year? It's pretty rare. Usually, it takes years to upgrade, fix, and work out the bugs in even a well-designed program. 
React Native was in a stage that no one know why to choose this uh, arbitrary framework to build your mobile application. It was super new. It was not mature enough. I mean, we took a bet big time about React Native. When you think about it today, I think that uh, it's not responsible. <laughs> They ventured where few developers had gone before and didn't look back. The path would not be easy. There were no big companies in production with React Native. A lot of uh, React Native users building some proof of concept. We want to build a real product. The first issue that arose from using such a new framework is that so few people knew how to use it. It's not easy to recruit someone to handle React Native. And uh, I explain you why. Because there is no such uh, a lot of React Native developer out there, especially in Israel or in, the, in Lithuania, for example. This is kind of an other country. Wix is uh, hiring developers. And we are mostly hiring native developers or iOS or Android developer that kind of transfer them to React Native. A one-year-old framework simply won't have the adoption that older established frameworks have built up over many years. But even developers who knew of React Native and had the ability to learn it weren't. I think that the perspective today about React Native is that because of the past that React Native performance is not that good. So people are a little bit afraid for going into a career of me being a React Native developer. So not many developers knew React Native. Those that did, on the other hand, were not always attracted to it for the right reasons. I think it, it's just an easy entry point. So they, like, if you want to start uh, building a apps with React Native, you can do it in, I don't know, in three days, you will build an app. It's just easy. The easy entering point to React Native is a good thing and a bad thing. Like, it's good because it's obviously, huh? yeah. And a bad thing because it brings lots of uh, not very good developers. We think that because React Native is super simple to get into it, you just need to learn JavaScript that you can write your first mobile application in a few days, that's why we saw a lot of React Native developer that has not experienced it enough. There are junior developers that claim that they know React Native, but they don't know uh, for real how everything is working behind the scenes. They don't know the technology uh, deep enough. And eventually the perspective about React Native that it's uh, not a good uh, framework for uh, performance. But it's not because of React Native, it's just because developers are not very good and there are lots of them who are using React Native. So instead of hiring lots of new people, the company focused on training existing staff in the new system. Luckily, React Native is just JavaScript and you can't throw a keyboard inside of Wix's headquarters without hitting 10 people who can code JavaScript. Wix, it's a web-oriented company. We have lots of web developers and uh, actually it works. We can take a web developer and after a pretty short onboarding, he will be able to write for the mobile app. So lesson one, when it comes to adopting a new technology, hiring new developers is not always the right solution. 
Sometimes there are not enough skilled developers out there, or if there are, they might not have the right mindset you're looking for. In such cases, training the existing developers might be an easier solution. The same ease of use that attracted novice developers to React Native made it really easy to train experienced developers in the new system. Wix engineers learned its intricacies in weeks, even days. Even developers like Omri, who didn't already know JavaScript, could pick up what they needed to know in a relatively short time frame. I came from iOS background. Uh, I didn't know JavaScript before I joined Wix. It's a fun fact. I uh, started learning JavaScript on my first Wix and then I dropped into React Native world. With a team of newly minted React Native developers in place, the project was now underway. Did you encounter any problems getting used to it in the early stages? Profiling, debugging. I can say from my perspective that at the beginning, there was a big vague around React Native uh, regarding performance. Um, we didn't know if the performance issue we had was related to React Native itself, to our code, or, or to something that we are not able to analyze because everything was new. Performance issues on their own were problematic enough. But not understanding the sources of those performance issues was even worse, because you can't fix what you don't know. We didn't know how to analyze things. We didn't know how to debug things, because it was the beginning of React Native. In addition to issues of performance and analysis, there were entire components missing from the framework, features any developer would expect that simply did not exist. We need, for example, testing framework, and there is uh, no testing framework for uh, React Native. The test that you actually turn on the uh, device and click on buttons. So uh, we had to build our own solution, that which is called the Detox. Lesson two, a crisis is also an opportunity. Working with such a nascent framework at times was like living in a house still under construction. But this need was also a catalyst for growth. In their case, on top of building an entire framework for testing React Native code, the Wix developers built a navigation tool to replace the one that came built in. So we had to invest a lot of efforts in infrastructure of our app and React Native. Did you guys face any challenges in terms of scaling and how the project and the scope of it changed over the course of time? I think the most challenging part was to scale the application both from a um, number of uh, developers working on the application and the, 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 the amount of code, or uh, let's call it the, the huge code base that we have today. So we had to change a little bit the architecture of the application and we made a shift from a standard React Native structure with the same repository of iOS and Android and did uh, something that's a um, little bit different it's it's came to allow for each team uh, to run independently. Production monitoring. Production monitoring, yeah, of the tools. I think that's one of the the biggest change that we did uh, 
through this was uh, open source. React Native was open source from day one, and we want to contribute to the community back. So kind of a rule of thumb, which uh, every code that is not Wix related, we try to make it open source. Uh, so it brings us to a place where we have today, I don't know, 20, 30 libraries that are open source. Uh, part of them was really common in the community, like React Native Navigation, Detox, Detox Instrument, Remix, UILib, React Native Calendars, a lot of library that's most of the community use every day. And the disadvantage is that we have a lot of libraries that we are even not using anymore. Uh, and, and this is a challenge. This is a challenge that we are facing today. And we need to do, uh, invest time and think how we are going to maintain them or maybe to move them into the community. Because at the end, you want to have a maintained library out there in the community and not just to have an open source library by weeks. In 2016, Weeks bet big on React Native. Maybe it was irresponsible to do so. After months of challenges, the dev team had come to realize that all the benefits of using a nascent React Native framework also came with some serious costs. But then the mobile app was completed. And it didn't look like those lazy, poor performance apps that people came to associate with React Native. So, can a well-organized effort behind a well-written React Native app really cause an app to perform as well as a well-written native app? Like, were there any performance issues that you can't get over, or is it really the same? Interesting question. <laughs> um... It's it's kind of uh, you you can hear a lot of uh, different opinion about it. Um, I think that yes, you can have a fully uh, animatable, interactable uh, application with React Native, the same. And there are some people that can even better perform it from um, native application, pure native application. But um, you need to you need to be expert with React to do it. And I think it's like any other technology. I think I, I have to say that it depends because there is a lot of uh, companies that use React Native for part of their application. So if you want to create a login screen or a simple UI for the home screen, you can do it with React Native. But as left side, if you want to create a super deep technology um, with um, uh, hardware interaction or something with Bluetooth, or video processing, you can create a native code and just use React Native for the view. Uh, it's other, it's it's another option. But I agree, React Native is not necessarily have to do with all the application out there. It's specifically for companies that want to uh, save time, run fast, and maybe they're easy for them to bring JavaScript developers. Which brings us to lesson three. There are no miracles. Ultimately, React Native is neither the miracle cure that it sounds like at first glance, nor the low-grade solution for novices to build lousy apps. 
It was an effective tool for the right teams in the right situations. Teams who value speed, continuous development, efficiency, and have the resources to back up their front-end developers with native ones. Another point in this area, I think that to build React Native application, you need a few native developers, and it's kind of a must. Uh, it's a must because um, not everything is perfect with React Native. Uh, we need to say um, there are cases where you have a performance issue and you need to go a little bit deeper and understand what what's happening and why, maybe to fix it in React Native itself, maybe to analyze if you are using a third library or in a kind of an open source and and open an issue because you find an issue in iOS side of React Native. Not everything in the work and you need to be able to analyze it, to debug it. And as a JavaScript developer, you, you, you can't do it. It's even not an option. So better for you to, you to have at least iOS and Android developer. So to recap, what did we learn from Wix's experience with React Native? Firstly, don't just go about blindly recruiting developers experienced with the new technology you want to embrace. Sometimes there's real value in training your existing developers. Lesson two, don't be afraid of changes. A change is always an opportunity for growth and development. And lastly, there are no free meals and no easy solutions. Every new technology comes with its own drawbacks and challenges. So plan those transitions with care. Today, React Native looks a lot different than it did when Lev and Omri began working with it in 2016. A lot of bugs have been smoothed out and missing components have been added. For example, the startup time. Facebook realized that there are some bottlenecks that they have to fix and rewrite. So they developed a new JavaScript engine uh, called Hermes, which now with Hermes, the loading time, the startup time of the application on Android is much faster. So the framework is evolving to the right direction. When Wix first began using React Native in 2016, no major company had released a fully functioning app with it. Today, React Native is being used at Tesla, Bloomberg, Uber, Skype, and of course, Facebook. So I, it's a question if uh, five years from now, or well, I think about 10 years from now, companies are going to still have native applications. So I don't know. I, I hope no because um, there is a cool framework out there that can do uh, the kind of merge between them, like React Native. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. For a full list of our previous episodes, visit wix.engineering slash podcast. The Wix Engineering Podcast is produced by PI Media, written by Nate Nelson, produced by Guy B. Noon, and narrated and edited by me, Ran Levy. Special thanks to Morad Stern from Wix. See you again next episode. Bye-bye. For more engineering insights, follow Wix Engineering's blog, YouTube, Twitter, and subscribe to their newsletter.